Hey, it's Brian Hayes. It used to stress me out when things would break in my house. Not anymore, though, and I'm sure you can guess why. Jiffy. The other day, my dryer stopped working. Out of the blue, zero heat. But I didn't panic. I just hopped on the Jiffy app. John came that afternoon, and all my wet laundry was dry in no time. Jiffy saved the day once again. Download the Jiffy app or sign up at JiffyOnDemand.com with the code SPORTS for $25 off your first job. Jiffy, fast and reliable, home maintenance. Overdrive off and running TSN 1050 on the TSN app. Your home smart speaker up on TSN. Brian Hazio, Doug, Jeff O'Neill, Jamie Noodles, McLennan. No, Shout out to no. Danny Dimes. No. Shout <laughs> out. <laughs> Shout out. Before, one minute before we came on, a rod came over the loudspeaker and he said, Danny Dimes just got his bag. $140 million. <laughs> No, no, I no. I thought that was for 14 years. <laughs> $160 million for four years. He got his $40 million a year. Wow. I believe there's incentives involved. The details are still coming out. He could make, I believe, $35 million more on top if what? He throws 25 touchdowns? You know, if they actually wow. win a couple of playoff rounds. They did win a playoff round. They went to mini, right? Your boy Kirk Cousins, fourth and eight, checks down, brutal. But Kirk is an example of what we're talking about here, Dude, right? Danny insane. Dimes I, I, you, and others. You can explain the dollars, but we all know what he brings to the table. It's a shot in the dark if he wins, and you're just paying a guy that kind of money? It's insane. Wouldn't you want to huddle up and say, hang on a sec, why don't we offer a big bag of money to Lamar first, and then we can hold off on this well. because the price of two draft picks is worth it. First rounders is worth it. I honestly can't believe they gave him that money. I'm wow. not surprised because it's Dude, would you stop with that? I'm not surprised <laughs> I'm not you've surprised. got to pay a quarterback. I, listen, I'm not surprised because it happened and and they had been talking about it and Danny Dimes had been negotiating. He started at 47, 48 million. I, I get it, Hayes, but you can't sit there and say I'm not surprised. You have well, got to have a little bit of vitriol and say that's insane. No, no, okay, I would. This time last year, I would have been surprised. This time last year, I would have said the Giants are crazy. But the guy had an had a, an improved season, right? Noodles, speak yeah. some logic here. I, an well, improved season. I, improved. So this is this is what it is. It, <laughs> it is ridiculous. You do have to pay guys, but I guess my question is. Where is he in the depth chart of all quarterbacks in the NFL? What is he at best right well, now? Just Google like, his head. No, no it's, I, I it's not the Pulley RV helmet. It's not the Luke Shed Pulley RV head. It's, it okay. has nothing to do with Pulley RV head. Here's where you have to distinguish between the two conferences. Here, though, here's what I need you to do. Here's what me and Noodles need you to do. <laughs> sure. Explain why what they did today is the right thing to do. Well, I'm not saying a long-term it will be. I'm not saying it will necessarily pay off, but I, they had a conundrum on their hands. They were either going to pay Saquon Barkley and franchise tag Daniel Jones or pay Jones and tag Barkley. I You're think not you, explaining why it was the I'm right thing to do. I'm explaining why they did it. The business side. The business you, side. Absolutely. You tag the running back because it's not as important of a position, and it's much more likely to go south on you. He blows a knee out. His production goes down. Someone else gets touches. It's the premium position in pro sports, the quarterback position. Geno Smith got paid yesterday. Guys get paid all the time. Derek Carr got a ton of money. So right. is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he Allen? No. Is he Burrow? No. But that doesn't mean he's the second coming of Rex Grossman, right? right. He's, he's not uh, P. 
Peterman. You know, he's not Nathan Peterman. The guy's not the worst quarterback in the league. He at no point will be the best. I'm not sure at any point he gets into the top ten. But if he's 13th, 14th, 15th, you got these guys get paid. Yeah, that, and that's, that's what the Giants where, are saying. That's where I was coming from. If let's just say, for argument's sake, he's top 12, 50, you know, 12 to 15. Okay, right. realistically, yeah. Yep. What is the marketplace for that? Like those guys have to get paid, but is the top end 50 and then in the the 10 to 15 is 40 and then the 15 to to 20 is 30 uh, I, 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 I don't know why it bugs me so exactly. much I would rather 10 teams say we're walking away from this guy and we're playing with the third stringer this year because we're not paying him we're not well, we might have somewhat close to similar results with our third stringer but under no circumstances am I handing Danny Dimes, a check like that. It is an insane amount of money for Danny Nichols, right? He was Danny Pennies a year ago. This year he was closer to Danny Nichols. He's still not Danny Dimes, but he had a good year. You know, he he had a good year. He's, He's nowhere close to an elite quarterback. At no point will he be, but he ran a good offense. He's mobile, but here's... Getting back to what you asked me, Noodles, to to kind of rank where right. he's at. This is the distinguished. This is what is being distinguished throughout the NFL right now. There is the AFC, which is elite, A plus, yeah. rock star, future Hall of Famers, all the way through the sixth or seventh guy in the list. And then right. there's the NFC, which is a dumpster fire. Right? <laughs> if you're Jalen Hurts right now, you are dancing in the street because that dude's going to get paid. Oh that dude God. is going to make a fortune. If Danny Dimes is making 160 and Derek Carr is making that kind of money, Hurts is going to blow them out of the water. And as of right now, Hurts is the man in the NFC because there's a ton of reports, like legitimate reports from legitimate journalists. Rodgers and the Jets are doing the dance, right? The Packers have granted the Jets permission to talk to him. That means the Packers want him out. You do not grant permission to another team to talk to your superstar quarterback unless you want them to take him off their hands. So if Rodgers leaves, that's another AFC quarterback. You're looking at the NFC. Jalen Hurts, Dak, Danny Dimes, Kirk Cousins, Jerry Goff. Yeah. (laughs) Who? Like, honestly, Derek Carr, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith. If Matt Stafford can get healthy, he might be the best quarterback behind Jalen Hurts. The NFC has nothing right now in terms of elite quarterbacks, so Danny Dimes makes sense. If I'm an NFC team and Lamar Jackson is now available, I'm all over it. It bugs me right. because all you're pumping right up now. Danny Dimes like he deserves it in some fashion. Relatively And you're speaking, trying to act NFC. like you're a fan of his. And I have heard <laughs> At you no point no, I, I have that. heard you trash talk this character worse than me. You're the one that got me on board hating him. Yeah. I'm not and a now fan. you're saying, well, going rates to going rates. It's like I, you're his agent. It I, makes me sick to my stomach. It's why it happened, though. Like it, it, we're not projecting anymore. The deal's done. I know. Danny right. Dimes got four I, years on sixty But you still did sheets. not answer the question. What I asked you to do was not ex- just not explain the reasoning for it. Explain why it was a good idea. And you can't come up with anything. Here's, no, because I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Again, I'm not a big proponent of Dimes. What you did Dimes. was explain why they did it. I'll I tried to get you to say idea. why it's let a me, good idea. Let me tell you why it's a good idea. They were playoff no team last else. year. They were partially there's no one else. He connected with Dable. He's still a young guy. They drafted and developed in him. He did connect with Dable. I mean, that's a fact. They won a lot of ball games. And the NFC 
is a dumpster fire at the quarterback position. I'm going to say that 15 <laughs> times today. So Danny Dimes in a dumpster fire looks kind of like a crown jewel, right? Kind of like a crown jewel. You put Danny Dimes in the AFC, and he's not even mentioned. He's, he's connected playing 9 a.m. games. Connected with Dable. Like yes. it's yeah. Elway and Shanahan out in Denver back in the day. There was a the connection. Come there on. was a connection with Dable. They won a playoff game. They went into Minnesota. Your boy Kirk Cousins. You like? You think Kirk Cousins is a good player. <laughs> Those are your direct words. I like Kirk Cousins. I've heard right. you say that before. I you like, went in there and mopped the you floor. You like that? Kirk. I like you like that only sometimes. At the beginning of the season last year, I loved him. Right. And then he started morphing, morphing into like a Danny Dimes lookalike. You like that? Uh, yeah. You yeah, like that? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, let's drop it. But it's. I think it's asinine. I, I think it's asinine. Anyway, wow. listen. What you need to know is that Lamar Jackson has been granted a non-exclusive franchise tag, which means another team can offer him a real contract, which they will, which he'll sign, and then the Ravens are going to have to determine if they. They match it and keep Lamar at that price or accept the two first-round picks you referenced earlier. This is where it's going to get crazy. How many quality right. teams that are just lacking that stud at the position are going to be in on this, Hayes? Well, you, you would think a, a lot of them should be, right? A lot of them should be at least thinking about it. Carolina comes up. Uh, Washington's needed a quarterback forever. Um, maybe Green Bay. I doubt it, but you know, I, I maybe know Green one- Bay. I know one quality quarterback who has taken himself out of the mix again today with a tweet. <laughs> Tom Brady. Yes, yes, Brady trying to douse the fires. I still don't buy it, though, Noodles, and I don't, don't sense you so? do with your tone either. No, he referenced I mean, buying a cat. Like, yeah. that's an O-Dog tweet. That's not something Tom Brady would tweet. <laughs> actually legitimately, you know, make life yeah, decisions like, based around. People know how hard it is to have a baby cat or something ridiculous like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was just having fun with it. But this guy is, I think he's, he's sniffing. If anything, he's sniffing. He he's might sniffing. sniff. He's sniffing, like, and it might turn into a full snort within the next two weeks. It might be Wrong. because he might have planted that with Eisen saying, put it out there and mm-hmm. see who comes knocking. You know, that's what it is. He might, you might get a few phone calls going, this report's true. Do you really want to come back? Well, I'm listening. You know, that's, that it might be Just that. Just willing to listen. I, I am preoccupied. I got my daughter a new cat. You know, it's taking yeah. up a lot of my time as if Tom Brady can't find a way to get in the gym and, Throw the yeah. ball around with a baby cat. Do you guys think home? Brady would actually stoop that low to tell Rich Eisen, "Hey, can you just float something out there to see if it might, you know, drum up any interest?" I just uh, don't see it happening. Thank you, I, brother. You know where Eisen went to school? Turnbuckle. <laughs> Do you know where Eisen went to school? Michigan. 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 The Wolverines. I feel, I feel like Alex Jones. Actually, I'm, Mike, I'm Brian Windhorst. Now, why would he do that? Yeah. Why would he do that? Wow. Well, <laughs> I, like. I saw Rich Eisen on the Michigan sidelines. Brady went to Michigan. Possible yeah. ownership in, in, for the Dolphins went to Michigan. We're connecting dots. That's what we try yeah. to do here, right? We try to connect some dots. Uh, so, anyway, a lot of NFL news today, and we'll, we'll continue to uh, – track that throughout the afternoon and and what it could mean for the quarterback carousel rogers lamar jackson danny dimes who's getting franchise tagged we got a big hour tom fitzgerald will join us uh in about 20 minutes the the gm of the devils and elisa in new jersey tonight and i guess looking for a bounce back right coming off a loss in vancouver ryan o'reilly surgery 
That came out all of a well, sudden. Dr. Woodbridge there, Dr. Fauci. Like, that was my point yesterday inside the group text. I'm like, they'll find out if he's going to have surgery. It's like, oh, we'll find out eventually. Like, like all of a sudden, he uncovered the news. They released yes. the news. Right. Like, Sheldon Keefe literally announced that. I love yeah. the one today where he said, I see, I told you guys. And it's just like, stop it, Fauci from the bridge. Yeah. Fauci from the bridge is our medical analysis. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how much you should trust that, but Joe from the Br- formerly known as Joe from the Bridge, is now Fauci from the Bridge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, again, I, it's supposed to be four weeks. He's on long-term IR surgery or otherwise. He still was going to be out 28 days or 10 games. Right. But if he returns right after that, there's still going to be six or seven games for him to get back into form. I have been a little bit surprised by how everyone collectively seems to be totally fine and totally accepting that he'll be 100%. And just no, there's no concern here when it comes to O'Reilly <laughs> I might, and Tavares. I, I think there's. I'm in that camp. I'll put I'm my hand. I know you two are. I saw you two last night. Why are you not in that camp? You're bothering me today because you're the Danny Dimes liking, and now this. Explain well, why you're not in that camp. Here, I'll explain why I'm not 100% committed to the camp. I may be 90%. He's right. 32 years old. He's not the best skater anyway. I know he didn't break his foot or his toe or have a knee or hip issue. But he needs to be at top speed. Like, he needs right. to be in shape and at pace. We'll be on the ice skating. This does not prevent that. I know it's not it's game not shape. Game, I know it's, not, I know it's not, but the fact, the idea of being off the ice for four weeks is not in play here. He'll be I know where he's going. I know where you're going, Brian. I want to finish. And I, okay, I can, and, and I would I jump on that with Tavares, the same thing, where if he's back Saturday, then that is 100% fine, whatever. And, again, he said he felt good. He skated. I, I don't sense there's anything more there. But he's 32, not fleet of foot. You know, like, you get older guys who are not burners. They get off the ice for a bit. They get out of rhythm a little bit. O'Reilly's had – it's just been a weird year for him. Oh, it wasn't a, a great, great year. It wasn't a good year in St. Louis. Like, he's trying to right. find his rhythm here, and now he's gone for a month. Like, that to me is not just meaningless. It, I'm not – I don't think it's panic-inducing. But right. it does seem to be collectively everyone's like, oh, it means absolutely nothing. And I hope that's the case, but well, uh, we'll here, find here, out when he returns. Here was my thinking. I, I agree with what you're saying. It has to be slight concern, but where I went is I would be concerned if it wasn't a guy who knew how to play. Like it was still like a young guy. It's like still trying to find his own, trying to find his confidence. Like Ryan O'Reilly at critical times knows how to play. So we talk about it all the time. Top players – they need one practice, they need one game, they need, you know, something to just go, all right, know how to, this is riding a bike, just jump right back on. That's where I went. Maybe I was a little bit overzealous as far as, you know, 0% concern, but I'm on that spectrum as opposed to being like, holy smokes, like this is going to be, you know, the guy's not having a great season, he's had a foot injury, and now it's a finger injury, and he needs to play because he's 32. Like, I didn't go there. There's certainly an argument for there, but for me, I think Ryan O'Reilly is a special enough player and been there, done that, and I don't think the moment will be too big for him. That's where I went with Ryan O'Reilly. I understand that. I'm with you. The moment will not be too big. Right. It's old school element, too, where it's like it's go time. i got to get yeah. my gear back on, get two hard practices in. There's some guys... Even back in the day that needed a process, they needed 10 days for this, they needed... I don't know what they needed, but it seemed like a lot. Some yeah. guys get the gear back on a couple practices, maybe three or four. I don't know the details. 
and then just get back at it. I'm quite confident he's that guy. Well, and he, he did do that coming off a foot injury. He had the you know, first couple of games, I think he put a couple of goals on the board. And when he got here, he's, he looked good. You know, and he yeah. is a, he's a veteran that's got a lot of cachet and deserves a lot of rope. Just if, if you take him out of the Leafs uniform, put him back in St. Louis, and this happened again, we'd all be like, here we go. It's just one of those years yeah. for O'Reilly. Which and I think fair. people want to believe because it's a Leaf and a fresh scene, and he's got more to lean on. He doesn't have to be the man here like he maybe had to be in St. Louis, that everything will be rosy. And I, I hope that's the case. But, you know, this is, this is what happens with the Leafs. It just goes up and down, up well, and down, it, and they keep you in check. The it, Leafs it always is. manage to keep you in check. It's a fair counterpoint, but there's no use in worrying about it now. It's more about, let's see, if he comes back with six games left, let's see what he's got in those six games to ramp it up. Like, if it's a, a month timeline, that's well in advance of where they need to be before the first playoff game. you probably get a couple games in. And, you know, a month, a lot of times they will overestimate. I know it's 10 games, 28 days, but it, he might be – ready to chomping in in three weeks right they just got to wait until to pull them off so um you know hand injuries are a little bit weird you guys can speak to it a lot different than i can i've broken fingers and stuff and still been able to play i had a weird injury in san jose one night or one morning skate the way you hold your stick the goaltenders hold it on the paddle uh jimmy campbell took a slap shot and it rode up the paddle of my stick and stabbed my index finger and my Ooh. thumb and blew that there's a sack in there some sort of sack and it exploded so i had this like weird elephant titus hand <laughs> and you know we're on the road so they they how they, was your uh, bar play with the elephant hand <laughs> Well, it was a little bit. I'll, I'll tell you, Hi, ladies, I, you going yeah, this exactly. way or that way? <laughs> I was like hamburger helper, helper, like with the giant hand. I, but that morning, so we just casted it up, and I'm like, okay, we'll wait to get back to St. Louis to kind of take care of things. And doesn't Fearsy blow his knee out in the first shift of the second period? And I got to go in, and I can't even hold my stick. You want to talk about it? I was David Ayers. I swear to God, I think I had four shots the rest of the game. Guys were blocking shots. I could barely hold my stick, and I was standing in there, like, just grinding it out. I had to take every shift. I'd take that freezing spray and put it on my hand so that I could hold my stick. It was, it was crazy. Like, I need a wild... viz of that game. So do I, because I, I want to see, see how your teammates yeah. were responding. And isn't it wild that they are capable of doing that? It's not possible to do it 82 times. Right. But I wonder what the goalies in Carolina were thinking after Carolina played like that in front of Ayers the next day. Are they not like, can you do that for us? Like, can you yeah. hold it to six shots for me and block everything and play an incredible system and be yeah. fired up? Like, why do I not get that treatment? <laughs> why are you pinching? Why are you, you know, on man rushes? <laughs> Terrifying. Right center. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it just never it never seems to play out that way. But yeah, uh, but that I mean, you know, broken fingers, broken hands, all of that. Like, it, it's more how you come back. Like, how would you handle the stick? How do you feel? Like, you got to make sure. Like Nazem Kadri played in the playoffs after what, like eighteen days of, mm -hmm. of, and he had like sounds like his was a lot more messed up than Brian O'Reilly's. And you know, here's a scenario where some guys are just able to to grind through. I want him to be 100% before he hits the, you know, he comes back and starts playing because, God forbid, something happens, you get a slash on the hand again and hasn't fully healed. Now you're in one. Now you lose him.
completely. Right. You take as much time as you can. I think ideally you get at least a few games in at the yeah. end of the regular season and then a bunch of practice and you're, and you're ready to rock. Yeah. So uh, the Leafs are in Jersey tonight, and Tom Fitzgerald, GM of the Devils, will join us in about 10 minutes. The Raptors, they lost a, a, a heartbreaker because they played very well up until the final three or four minutes. And then, you know, Scott Foster is a topic of discussion. I'm curious to get your <laughs> take on officiating and if you have a ref that you ever felt was out to get you. Um, and it was a goofy sequence. Like, it was a review where they pulled back, you know, the one foul going a- a- against Denver. And then on the flip side of it, it's a loose ball foul. Scotty said something. You know, what he said, I don't know. And, and Scotty Barnes came out after and said he was speaking to himself, which that very well could be true. Um, and Scott Foster has a history of this. He's got a history of being a hero, right? Like he's got to get involved. He's got to get in the play. Um, throwing a guy out, even if he did say something somewhat disparaging, to me is ridiculous in a, in a moment like that. Yeah. But the issue here is, Yes, Foster, you know, swung the game, the officiating and the review process swung the game at a very crucial moment in a game that was huge for the Raptors because Denver is as good as they are and the Raptors had played as well as they had and they kept Jokic in check. But if you've been watching this team all year, it was the same story. Their offense goes dry at the end of the game. Like they, yeah. they got outscored, I believe, 13-2 to in the, in the final couple of minutes. You, you can't win ball games like that against the best teams in the NBA. I just so, want to yeah. say this, Hayes. I always find it difficult to believe the player. And he sounds – it's kind of like some of the true crime shows where some people are, like, believable, but it's like – when an athlete, it's like the swearing and the stuff that goes on. I find it really tough to believe the athlete when they say – Oh, I was talking to myself. <laughs> really? <laughs> Wait, were you talking to yourself when what, you were like, what were wake you up, you? To, what you exactly know? were you saying to yourself? You were right. swearing sure. at yourself like, yeah. bleep, bleep, exactly. Scotty, come on, man. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah. I always find it very difficult to believe the athlete when they say, yeah, I, I was just kind of talking to someone else. Oh, really, were you? I, I was yeah. talking about how the whole system's rigged to myself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, like it just, it, you know what, refs. I, I mean, I'm kind of pro ref because I I'm around those guys a lot to travel, but they make mistakes, and some of them you see that some of the newer refs are very sensitive. Now Foster's know, but a noodles, veteran this guy, one, right? This exactly. this look different. Where this guy looks like he wants the engagement and he wants to be involved in yes. in the engagement, and it's like that's not your deal. That's As I exactly talked about bunting, where I said take out your frustrations on the players, the referee in any sport, his intensity is is directed towards the game, not the players. Well, then then here's the thing. If you've got a ref that wants to engage with players, then you've got to be able to, to you know, man up is the wrong word, but you've got to be able to go face-to-face with a player, and if the player tells you he doesn't like what he's seeing, then if you're engaging with them, then, then just let it go. Like, because I've, I've had refs that engage with me and there's some F-words dropped and all of that type of stuff, but the minute all of a sudden he doesn't like it all, penalty or unsportsmanlike, you can't right. have it both ways. You either don't engage or you engage and understand that unless something was egregiously said and it crossed the line, and I think we all know what the lines are mm-hmm. for the most part in today's world, so why, why if he didn't cross that line, then that's be- him being overly sensitive and looking for something. Well, and Scott Foster has that history. He's been he's been in the league for thirty years, 
every fan base has a Foster story where they felt like he became a hero, made sure everyone knew that Scott Foster was calling it. He's he's got some Cowboy Joe West in him. Yeah. Like remember <laughs> Joe West, the ump that always wanted to be oh, confrontational, yeah. always staring down people, quick to the you know throwing people out if you get in his face or if he's just not in the mood to deal with it. Great example. Yeah, yeah and that's that's what Foster is. And you know that said, Scotty. I'm not condoning that. If 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 Foster Foster should know better if it really didn't cross the line, but the problem is officiate officials determine what that line is. Exactly. Like that's sports. You know they determine it. They are the judge, the jury, and the executioner. And if that's his reputation, and you're Scotty Barnes, still a young guy in the league, you kind of have to know that and not even go close to the line. And like Foster said after the game, quote, he was ejected on one technical foul because he used verbiage that which directly questioned the integrity of the crew, end quote. So I don't know what that means. That sounds like feelings were hurt, you know, like how dare you question our integrity. But if no yeah. one picked it up on a mic, no one's going to know. Like unless Scotty tells you exactly what he said and Foster corroborates exactly what he said, just going to be a he said he said situation and if the, the athlete the is, if, the, if the athlete is truly pleading his case and wanted to prove everyone that he's innocent he would have recounted what he said exactly what he said so that they could go back to the ref and say that's all he said mm-hmm. but, but you it, notice how that wasn't brought about because yeah, I, that that's the true tell because the athlete would say all i said is dot 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 Exactly. And then everyone would be like, oh, wow, that's all you said? And then they could question the ref and say, all Scotty Barnes said was this. And he, yeah. he could either say, well, he's lying, he said something else, or he would say, yeah, he did say that, and that's why he got kicked out. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're questioning the integrity of the ref, like, what if he was like, yeah, you're a Nuggets fan? Like, what if, like, like, what if you flat out said, oh, here we go, another Nuggets fan, you're, you're doing something like, and, and that's questioning the integrity of, of the refing that night. But it doesn't have f bombs, and it doesn't have. It's more of a, a backhand like and cheek comment. almost. Yeah, tongue and yeah. cheek. So I would. I agree. Oh, I think, you know, if Scotty Barnes came out and said, "This is exactly what I said," we haven't heard that. So there might be a little yeah, gray area and there too. Nick Nurse, he tried to kind of downplay and say there was nothing there, but he didn't really give the exact details either. He just said there's <laughs> yeah. nothing there. So you know, the Raptors feel like they they got screwed over, and and that was an integral shift you know those two possessions really you know effectively took points off the board and put at least a point on the board if not three points on the board with those three free throws um but in the end they lose and they go to la they played well but their offense collectively froze up you know and you you come down the stretch you got to put points up you got to hold on to a lead especially on the road Sam Mitchell on that in about an hour confirming the night just after five o'clock but the Leafs are in Jersey tonight Devils Leafs on TSN4. Tom Fitzgerald, former Leaf, GM of the Devils, he will join us next. Sam Mitchell still to come later this afternoon. Raptors continuing their West Coast swing. They're in L.A. for a couple this week. And the Leafs were out West, and now they're back on the East Coast, wrapping up kind of a strange road. You're going through Seattle, Western Canada, and now down to Jersey. But the Devils, they were just out West as well. So both teams coming East, and the game tonight on TSN4, and chat about it we're joined now by former leaf leaf alumni and the gm of the devils here is tom fitzgerald how you doing tom doing great how are you guys doing we're doing well we're looking forward to the game tonight um i mean both these teams the leafs and your devils you guys have been rocking all season and uh 
both teams feel comfortable in who they are, what they are, and what's coming. You're both going to the playoffs, so is this somewhat of a litmus test? Do you look at it this way, uh, going up against a team like the Leafs in the East? For sure. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great test for us. They're a great team. Um, a lot of great players, a lot of great additions to their club. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all, it always comes down to just what we do, how we play, uh, what kind of details we play with. You know, do we do we get off to a seven o'clock start? Do we start at seven thirty and miss the first period? Um, it's details, you know. So we've really never focused on the opponent, um, other than you know, systems and things like that. But uh, the small things is is really what has kept us uh, where we're at, um, and just worrying about us. Fitz, where are you at with your team's for, uh, performance this year? Was it as planned? Did you know this was coming? Is it a surprise? Just where, where's your head at of, of what they're doing this year? Because they've been unreal. I think, uh, you know, looking back last year, whatever we had, 60-something points. But we, we actually played a lot of good hockey. Um, the data showed us where we were trending in a lot of categories. And, and, and we we actually believe in those categories. We You know, whether it's it's expected goals for versus against, save percentage, things like that. We we just we knew that uh, one area of the, the, the game we had to refocus in on was, was goaltending. Uh, we did that with Vanacek. We believed that, uh, you know, Blackwood could could step up his game and give him some support. I mean, the poor kid, uh, for the last three years, I, I tried to get him support with Crawford, retired, you know, <laughs> then, then Bernier, out injured uh, throughout this year, um, last year to this year. Um, but really trying to support the, the, the pillars of our organization, the Jack Hughes, the Nico Hishia, the, the Jesper Bratz, with with uh, the right players to play along with them. You know, we we, we go out and we find uh, or, or sign Andre Palat with championship pedigree. A guy like uh, Hall has never not missed the playoffs. Brendan Smith, character kid, uh, brings a boatload of experience. So we just wanted to focus on on that. So when you asked me, was this a surprise? Well, I would say we're we're ahead of where we thought we would be. We thought we would be right in the thick of things. Um, scratching and clawing for a playoff spot. Um, you know, good experience. Being, playing. We talked about this last couple of years, but being able to play in meaningful games come March. What about the centermen? I think if you asked you, Fitzy, 20 years ago, if those centermen, their size, you would say, man, it's going to be tough to compete in, in, in the East against any of the big contenders, but they're unbelievable, and it's just kind of a sign of times of where the game is at where the size of those two elite centermen you have are getting the job done. Back in the day, I don't know if it happens. Uh, you're probably right. Back in the day, um, the game's changed. As you guys know and aware, it's, it's a highly skilled speed. Um, sure, you, we, we all know what we're going to expect in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, like Jack, for example, he's just a very elusive player. Um, you know, he's, he's not afraid of getting to the dirty areas and the danger areas, but he's able to escape. Uh, Nico, Nico's bigger than you think. He's, he's all of six, one and a half. You know, he's, he's, he's a lot bigger than people probably think he is and, uh, very strong on pucks, extremely strong on pucks, extremely smart. Um, and he's showing this year that he really does have a scoring touch. Mm-hmm. Tommy, uh, everyone's talked about Jack Hughes, and rightfully so. I mean, he, I think he's been now on the – when it comes to the hockey world, he's on the, the, the top stage. But what about a guy like Mercer? Is there somebody on your, your roster that maybe has surprised some people or even surprised yourself of how far along they are or maybe ahead of projection? Well, for sure. You know what? If, if you look at 
the evolution of this this club, you know, with this group. Um, you go back to when Mindy was hired. Um, I was looking for a partner, somebody who who actually saw the, the way a team evolves. Um, and with that comes mistakes. And with that becomes a, a loose a noose on a, on a player, and not just make a mistake and sit. Uh, patience was huge, um, and we went through that with Jack. And then we went through it uh, when when Lenny came on board. Actually, extended it with Jack, uh, allowing him just to play and just go, just go and do your thing, um, play within a structure, but just go do your thing. And uh, that extended into like the Sharon Govichs and the Brats, you know. Uh, and then you look at Mercer coming in, and, and really we we thought last year was just another opportunity for us to to see what we had offensively offensively with this kid, um, and just let him play. Uh, accountability actually started to become a factor as we got going last year because, you know, mistakes are made, but we wanted to correct the mistakes that are being <laughs> happening over and over again. Um, but really just letting the, letting the horses run was our, was our motto going back three years ago when I hired Lindy. Uh, so now here we are. I mean, we, we get off to a great start. Um, Games are getting more intense, as you know. This is we're getting into teams that are fighting for their lives and uh, details, commitment, connective, uh, being connected is, is are all terms that we use on um, being the best possible team we can be. Uh, you know, accountability is now a, a, a big factor on how we play. So, is there a change that's needed? Is there is there a, an adjustment in terms of the messaging from Lindy Ruff and the staff in terms of gearing up for this? this playoff run and, and effectively getting to the playoffs. And as we know, the ice can shrink and you guys might be the fastest team in the league. And, and that's a huge benefit for you guys. But if it gets mucky out there and the refs are letting a lot go, you know, what's the message to your guys in order to get through that? Well, you're, of course they know they're going to face adversity. They know they're going to face teams that aren't going to, or players that aren't going to turn off checks and, they're going to finish and they're going to play, you know, a hundred percent of the detail that need to be played um, to win hockey games. And we just have to do the same thing. You know, we just have to just you know, keep believing in what, who we are, what we do, um, stay on top of the puck, be connected, you know, allowing, being aggressive with our, our, our blue line, but making sure we're, we're there to cover up. You know, we don't want to, we, we were a team last year that gave up an awful lot of odd man rushes. Um, and it probably goes to what I, I just spoke of. Just, you know, let the horses run. Uh, but this year we've, we've, when we get in trouble is when we just, we're disconnected. Um, but when we are connected throughout the, throughout the zones, each zone, offense, neutral zone, even coming out of our own end, we, we're, we, we seem to be, we, we play fast. You know, we move pucks fast and we attack. Um, you know, sometimes you got to experience it to understand it. Uh, where you can, you can prep somebody for what, what lies ahead. But at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> the experience, experiencing it, uh, is greater than, you know, just thinking it. Leafs Devils tonight, uh, on TSM4, we're chatting with, uh, Devils GM Tom Fitzgerald. Tom, you end up landing Timo Meyer. Uh, how long was that process in the making? And, uh, you know, what do you expect uh, out of him once he, uh, you know, hits the ground and hopefully hits the ground running for you? Well, it was a pretty, pretty long process because, you know, like all, all trades, you know, the, the, the genesis probably starts with maybe moving them. Not sure if I'm going to move them. Okay. If you are going to move them, would you mind calling me? You know, <laughs> small, <laughs> you know, small talks like that. And then you do get a call and say, we're thinking about moving them, you know, okay, well, you know, just keep me afloat here. You keep me, 
Um, and then you get into we are moving them, and this is what we're looking for. And then you start talking about pieces, and those pieces turn into a framework of really what they're looking for, and can you, you know, can you oblige with with the, the pieces? And you know, there was a point where I felt really good that we had enough pieces to for for San, for San Jose to to, to need, um, and then those pieces, you know, get you know one player here, another player there. There's a pick go involved, but we knew exactly what they were looking for and felt that we we could do that um and then you're 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 up against your competition so you start handicapping potentially through 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 the media of course (laughs) who the competition (laughs) may be um and you start handicapping and thinking no we we probably do have a chance if 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 they tell us what what they tell us is true you know we're looking for this type of player we're looking for this age group we're looking for this draft pick um yeah, and then it just it just it goes. So I would say the Saturday night before the the deal was done is when I really felt comfortable that uh, we had a, we would get a deal done. So out of curiosity, it took a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious about you know trying to track filtering through the media and stuff. How does that get to your desk, Tom? Like, is there someone working within the organization saying this is what's out there today? These are the teams connected. You know, like how, yeah. how do you gather that information? Well, I can't tell you my sources. We're trying here. Is it like a dating uh, app, though? You're like, man, I hope she doesn't like that other two guys. (laughs) And it's like, I hope she matches with me. (laughs) We, uh, I do. I have people here that uh, follow all of you guys and and then some. And uh, I might get a text, hey, this is just information. Um, But the other day, we, we were just worried about what we could give them and uh and felt very comfortable with what we did now what timo brings to the table i think it's the obvious you know is, is he adds size to our, our our front line and uh goal scoring ability physicality um heavy on pucks uh you know he, he really he cares about you know a 200 foot game um we just think he's going to complement one of our two centers here uh as we move forward and uh the, the hope is uh we get his name on a on a contract long term with Tom Fitzgerald, the GM of the Devils, uh, obviously we're, we're talking about a daily up here in Toronto uh, about the Leafs. They're standing in the East, and it just we can't recall collectively, you know, a year like this where you've got the Bruins, the Leafs, the Lightning, Carolina, the Rangers, the Devils, like six teams that are are loaded and six teams that have been rocking all year. Um, and uh, obviously, you're the GM of one of those six teams. I'm sure that's flattering. I'm not telling you something you don't know. But you've been around the game a long time, Tom. Can you recall a scenario like this where you got you got rock stars in the East, and it's going to be it's going to be a death march to get through? Yeah. Well, you're right. It's it's entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah. We are in the entertainment business, and it's, it's been very entertaining leading up to the deadline. And uh, but the reality is, guys, like I I just worry about my team. You know, there's there's no reactionary moves. Timo Meyer was on our our radar for quite some time, even before Mike Greer uh, took over. And, um, you know, you kind of look at organizations that may be in cap hell and maybe uh, maybe there's opportunity to to talk about a player, maybe on the move at some point. And, um, but, yeah, when you, you look around the, the, the division and, and, and conference, boy, there's a lot of good hockey teams, and there's going to be a lot of good hockey teams out in the first round. Um, but that's hockey for us. You know, going back, Odar asked me earlier, did I see this coming? Um, 
no. I, I just I think looking at what's ahead of us with experience, um, the New Jersey Devils window is just opening right now. <laughs> it, it's just cracked open, and um, we feel our window is is is, is going to be for some quite time uh, here. Um, so. Uh, no pressure on us. We just go out. We just can go play our game um, and and do what we need to do. But we have been a. Let's just worry about today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. We've got the Leafs tonight. Huge challenge for us. And you know, I think our group will be up. How uh, how good has it been to work with Lindy? He's a, one of our favorites on the show. He's been on a few times, and we've used a few sound bites of him. Uh, what's he like to work with on a daily basis? Well, I think Lindy's a Hall of Fame coach, um, but more importantly, he's a Hall of Fame person. And he's, you know, one thing I was looking for when I when I went on this search for the next coach, I was looking for a partner, somebody who could work, we can work together, uh, challenge each other, um, but have the utmost respect for one another. Um, and, and I found that with Lindy. He, he totally understood it. And you look at his track record with the young teams he had in Buffalo and the players that he developed. On, on those teams. Um, and then when he went over to, uh, to Dallas, um, the young players that he had, how they exploded. I think Jamie Benn had his, I think he led the league in scoring Lindy's uh, first year there. And Tyler Sagan became the scorer he was. Uh, the way they played, how fast they were. Uh, so there was a lot to, to like, but most importantly, like, did, you know, how did he see development? You know, how did he see analytics? You know, how did he, how, how could he apply that to decision making? Um, we're all areas, or a few areas that were very important to me and, and allowing these kids to, to be able to make mistakes, but know that they were getting another shift. And I think that's been the growth of our team and the development is the trust that the players have in Lindy, um, that they can go out and play their game. They understand playing the game within the game, um, but be able to, to, to make mistakes and know they're not just going to get their ass planted on the, on the end of the bench. Well, it's going to be a fun one tonight. Uh, Leafs Devils again up here on TSN4. Enjoy it, and uh, best of luck down the stretch and into the playoffs. Thank you for doing this, Tom. No, my pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot. You got Thanks, it. Tom. There he is, Tom Fitzgerald, former Leaf GM of uh, the New Jersey Devils. and um, Just like he was looking for a coach, a partner, to challenge each other, Hayes, that's what I'm looking for from you. Well, I try to bring None of this Danny Dimes talk. Yes. <laughs> Danny Dimes is out. Lindy Ruff is in. It's got to be gratifying, though. Lindy was on the yeah. hot seat early in Dude, the Dude, they, right? they, they were chanting, fire Lindy, three games yeah. into the season or and whatever they it was. apologized to him. Remember when they went on that Sorry, run? Sorry, Lindy. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, listen, Tom Fitzgerald, he hit on a number of different things there. You know, the entertainment business. Um, all I could think of while he was talking, because he was very open, very honest, is yeah. like the, his predecessor, Lou Lamorello, like well before that, I guess, when Lou was there, like Lou wouldn't say a thing. Like Lou would yeah. always be cordial, always be willing to come on. I got all the respect in the world for Lou. This is not a shot. This is just a fact. Right. Where even the Timo Meyer said, like Tom just said, we're going to try to sign him. Lou wouldn't yeah. say that. Lou'd be like, yeah. no comment. I'm not getting into yeah. anything. Don't they have to <laughs> sign him? Well, well yeah, he's I mean, a restricted free agent. They're going to sign him. They're going to work on a deal for sure. sure. But, but. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's a breath of fresh air in terms of honesty and his approach. Yeah. And he, he likes his team as he should. And it is, it is kind of a dangerous mentality that the Devils realize they're going in and kind of playing with house money, right? 
Like the Bruins are not. The Leafs are not. Tampa's not. I would say Car- Carolina's not. Not sure the Rangers are. Right. Jersey, they're the new kids on the block. Jack Hughes is 21. Uh, yeah. Esher is, what, 23. They're, they feel pretty good about their squad for a number of years. And yep. uh, they're a good team. Leafs Devils tonight. Confirm it tonight in about 15 minutes. Sam Mitchell still to come. Steve Phillips still to come. Mike Johnson will join us as well. Johnny calling the game tonight. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. Figured I'd get a bunch of tweets, you know, still jumping uh, on my back for not saluting somebody, somebody tweeted me yesterday and said, that Colin Sens fan got what he, got what he deserved. I'm <laughs> like, like, like it has any effect I on know, anything. It's like the guy was just asking for something. Right. You think he deserved a 5 nothing beating? No, he didn't. Man, yeah. was that a tough one to chew on, though. And all. Like, you can't get pumped by Chicago 5 nothing Anytime. You know? You know, any, you can't. You're anywhere, lose games. anytime. You can't, you can't have that. Because for the main yeah. reason, Hayes, they didn't want to win. <laughs> Chicago no, didn't I mean, want to win. No. Precisely. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're going to have bad nights, but the thing is you got to find a way to stay in that game. Like, they, every mistake they made ended up in the back of their net. And then mm-hmm. the captain, you know, Kachuk was pissed by the end. He was trying to fight the goalie and, you know, the – it doesn't get easier for them. I would look, You look at their schedule moving forward, like they need a massive response. Aren't they so, out to Colorado next? No, it's Seattle. I do the game in Seattle Thursday. It's Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. That's their next four. See, so, that's one they got to have in the kitty. Like, so it's like leaving Seattle, you're one and one or something if you drop that one. But it either it's just a bad start to the trip where you're thinking we're going to put that one in the bank and then do some serious damage the rest of the road trip. It's it's a bad vibe. Yeah. And I said it to them. They kind of the last week they were like they 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 enjoyed pumping their tires. They were like, no, nah, you know we're you know we're in the and it's like you haven't even you haven't even gotten halfway up the mountain yet. Well, and, and the they got humbled. Is, and their goalie wasn't available. Like that one was a weird. That one. was a strange late scratch, and yeah. you got you know yeah. so that's not good. And meanwhile, yeah. you know who's no taking comment. cover because they're pointing at Ottawa is Winnipeg, who puked away a point last night, and yeah. they can't have it either because they're ooh, they're on their heels right now, and they had that game. Yeah. Uh, hour two coming up. McDavid was rolling through Western New York. He put on a clinic. We'll get into it. Leafs Devils tonight. Raptors losing in Denver. Confirmed denying Sam Mitchell in hour two. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.